of the boy's condition and it really serves to highlight the dire and hopeless situation. So taking these together, we see that that this boy is possessed by an evil spirit and the symptoms of that are the seizures that are described. It's ruining his life. He has been close to death many times. So there's the hopelessness of the situation and then faith or belief also mentioned four times. Verse 19 um, refers to a faithless generation Verse 23, um, all things are possible for one who believes. Verse 24, the man cries out, help my unbelief. And then verse 29, prayer is connected to faith. And it's this faith that we really want to think about this morning. We take it under three headings, little faith, great faith, and then faith in action. So firstly, let's think about little faith from verses 14 to 20. So Jesus and the three disciples, they have just returned from the mountain of transfiguration that we were thinking about last week, where Peter, James and John, they they got a glimpse of the true glory of Jesus. So they were up this mountain having this unique and, and special moment while the others have got themselves into an argument. But Jesus and the three disciples, they, they come down the mountain and they're met with this argument. This argument over spiritual authority. And the, the scene seems a bit hectic with there's the disciples, there's the scribes, there's a large crowd, probably a lot of noise going on. And we read the first 15, whenever the crowd saw Jesus, they were amazed and they ran up to him and greeted him. And so very soon the narrative moves from the disciples and towards Jesus. And Jesus asks then, he says, well, what are you arguing about? And so one man in the crowd speaks up and he tells Jesus about this situation with his son. And he explains that he wanted to bring the son to Jesus for healing, but the disciples were there, so he asked them, presuming that they would be able to heal the boy, but they weren't. Now you've got to remember... Back to Mark 3. And in Mark 3, Jesus sent his disciples out. He sent them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. And then again in Mark 6, Jesus called the twelve and sent them out in twos and gave them authority over unclean spirits. And we see them, the disciples, they went out and they returned to Jesus. They reported of all they had done, preaching and healing in the authority of Jesus. But we come to Mark 9 and they are not able to heal this boy. And Jesus answered them, his response to them in verse 19, O faithless generation! How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Now Jesus, he's 
he's speaking to all the crowd, but he's including the disciples in this, and he is exasperated. Faithless generation, where is your faith? How long am I to bear with you? And then he says, bring, bring him to me. Bring him to me. Now when Jesus saw the little faith of the generation, he, he could have walked away in despair. But his compassion couldn't let him do that. He asked them to bring the boy to them and they brought the boy to Jesus. And we see that when the Spirit saw Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus is now seeing the reality of what the Father had been telling him. You may remember the other miracles we we looked at where Jesus came face to face um, with the demon-possessed person. Uh, And those two times, the demon cried out who Jesus was, the Son of God. Now this doesn't happen here, but it seems that as the demon encounters Jesus, it kicks into action and sets itself up in battle against Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus turns and he speaks to the Father. And it is here we see great faith in, in verses 15 to 27. Now it's interesting, only Mark includes this conversation between Jesus and the boy's father. Mark draws a contrast between the little faith of the generation, including the disciples, and then the great faith of the boy's father. It seems Mark is wanting to push us to consider what it means to have little faith and what it means to have great faith. Now Jesus doesn't just heal him straight away, and of course he could, but he's showing interest here. He's he's showing compassion in this boy's life and, and inquiring as to what it's been like for him. He asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And the father tells him it has been happening from childhood. And it's going to kill the boy. He says he tells him about how it often puts him into fire or water. And then the father says to Jesus, if you can do anything, then have compassion on us and help us. It literally reads, help us and have compassion. The father asks for compassion and help. You see, when we are in a desperate situation, we need someone who is compassionate enough to come to us, but also someone who has the ability to help us. One year when we were at the the Keswick Convention in Port Stewart, it was after the evening meeting, and I came out and I had a flat tyre in the car. And of course the boot was bung to the gills of stuff, so I had to clear the boot first, and then try to sort out this tyre, which wasn't very successful. But meanwhile, everyone else was coming out of the tents, and getting into their car, driving slowly past me, giving a nice smile, a friendly wave, 
drove past as they were probably going to Morelli's. Not one stopped and asked, did I need help? And I was looking at all these people going past thinking, you're all supposed to be Christian. You've just come out of a Christian convention and there's no compassion. Now I'm sure many had the ability to help, but no compassion for me in my helpless state. Eventually I rang a friend who I knew would be compassionate enough to come to me and also would have the ability to help. This father, he looked at Jesus knowing he had the compassion and the ability to help. Jesus responds to this comment, if you can do anything. Jesus responds to him really in disbelief. He says, if you can. And then Jesus says, all things are possible for one who believes. You see, the problem is not unwillingness or inability on the part of Jesus. But the problem is on human unbelief. Well, in verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and he said, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to quote one writer here on this verse. I think it's very helpful for us. Listen to what he says. He says, The father becomes a believer not when he amasses a sufficient quantum of faith, but when he risks everything on what little faith he has, when he yields his insufficiency to the true sufficiency of Jesus. In other words, the important thing about faith is not how much or how strong your faith is, but the object of your faith. The Father looked to Jesus as his only hope for healing his son. But yet he recognises his his faith is, is wavering. I mean, and possibly because of the disappointment of the, the inability of the disciples to heal. And so he cries out, yes, Jesus, I believe, I, I, I know you can heal my son, but, but actually my faith's not that strong, so please help my unbelief. And Jesus responded to his faith. He rebuked the unclean spirit and saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him. And never enter him again. And so Jesus demonstrates his power and authority, defeating evil and bringing peace, healing, and restoration. I want to come back for a moment to think about the the disciples, and I just think for for another moment why they couldn't heal the boy. Well, we've already saw it's because of their little faith. But you know, thinking about this, I am sure, and particularly in light of the large crowd, they were trying to muster up every bit of faith within them to heal this boy. I'm sure they didn't want people to watch them attempt this healing and not have success. Was it really their little faith? I mean, they had done it before. Why could they not do it again? 
And I believe the answer, in light of what this passage is teaching us, is very simply they have become more focused on themselves than on Jesus Christ. Perhaps with previous success, they had become confident in their own ability to heal. They, they had lost reliance and dependence upon Jesus. In Matthew's account of this, of this healing, afterwards the disciples asked Jesus why they couldn't do it. And he responds and says, well, because of your little faith. And he goes on, Truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So because of your little faith, but actually you only have to have faith the size of a mustard seed. And it really reiterates the point to us. It's not the size or the strength of our faith, but the object of our faith, which must be Jesus Christ. You see, true faith is expressed in recognizing our weakness, our inability, our inadequacy, and relying completely on the strength, the ability, and adequacy of Jesus Christ. Christ. One of this morning, if you have never put faith in Jesus Christ, I want to say this morning very simply, put your faith in him. He is your only hope of freedom from sin and evil and suffering. He is your only hope of full and complete healing, restoration, peace and joy. Jesus is compassionate and able to save you. All things are possible for one who believes. All things are possible for one who says, I can never achieve this on my own. Jesus, I need you. And what relief there is when focus shifts from you to Jesus. Perhaps you're in a place where you would say you've had faith in Jesus at some point or other um, in your life. But perhaps you've been disappointed in in the church, in other believers. Perhaps something they've they've done or haven't done, how they've acted. See, this man experienced disappointment when the disciples did not live up to the expectation. I mean, they they should have been able to heal, but they, they weren't. But perhaps your, your experience has, has been that, that followers of Jesus haven't acted in the way they should have. Perhaps they, they should have been kind, but they weren't. Or they should have been forgiving, but they weren't. They should have been gentle, but actually they were aggressive. And because of this, you have stopped looking to Jesus. And again, very simply, I want to say this morning... For you to shift that focus from followers of Jesus to Jesus himself. Look back again to Jesus. Cry out, I believe, but help my unbelief. Well, as Jesus speaks to the spirits, verse 26 there. After crying out and convulsing him terribly... 
came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he's, he's dead. And initially it seems actually like Jesus has made things worse. People around thought he, the boy, was dead. Here's his father, he's put his faith in Jesus and, and his son is now lying as good as dead. This man put his faith in Jesus Christ. His faith had to remain there. Even if it seemed like things were getting worse. Even if it didn't seem there were immediate positive benefits to him. See, here's the truth. We do not put our faith in Jesus Christ so that life can become better in the way we want it to. Perhaps better health or better job or better family or whatever else. We put our faith in Jesus Christ because of who he is. The great and glorious eternal Son of God that we saw so clearly last week. Well, the people thought he was dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And the word arose there is the word that is used for resurrection. We could say Jesus has resurrected this boy. And perhaps this acted as, as a visual lesson for the disciples. Do you remember again all we thought about last week, about Jesus teaching the disciples that it was suffering first, then glory. And as they were coming down the mountain, they were discussing what the resurrection of Jesus might mean. And perhaps this shows them just what the resurrection of Jesus means for those who have faith in him. That for those who believe in the the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, they themselves will be resurrected from death, given new life, fully healed, fully restored. We see great faith. Great faith It's not strong faith, it's not a lot of faith. Great faith is faith that is turned away from ourselves, directed to Jesus Christ, and trusts him for what he will do, no matter what. Finally then, faith expressed. Faith expressed. Look at verse 28. Jesus and the disciples entered the house and his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Jesus says to them, this thing cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And there Jesus connects faith to prayer. And what is prayer? We have thought about it right through the summer months. What is prayer but recognising to God how much we need him. The great faith in our lives is not expressed through necessarily doing great things. Great faith is not expressed through our strength. But great faith is expressed through a humble dependence upon God in prayer. Do you ever feel weak in faith to live any given day? Do you ever get up and think, do you know what, I just can't do this today. 
That's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. Because you know you're weak. You know you're inadequate. You know you're incapable. And it is then we want to turn to God again and say, God, you are strong. You are adequate. You are capable. I need you today. God, thank you. Thank you. This is not dependent upon me today. Remember, we are in spiritual warfare. We strive each day to live um, godly lives in our homes, in our work, and wherever we are. Again, we need to realize we are weak. We cannot muster up the strength ourselves to do, to do this or to not do this. Jesus alone has power over evil and sin. We look to him, we rely on him. We face spiritual battle with confidence, knowing that it is not all on us. And as we go into, t- into situations where we are tempted to sin in some way, we don't try to muster up our best morals. We don't chant to ourselves, I can do this, I can do this. But we turn to God and we say, I can't do this. Please help me. I need to depend upon you. As a local church, of course, we want to grow in love for each other. We want to grow in love for the lost around us. We want to see new people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I find this task completely overwhelming. It's more than any of us can do. And so what do we do? We look to Jesus. We depend on him in prayer. We tell him we can't do this. And we plead for his spirit to move and work and transform. See, a life of great fear is a life of daily dependence on Christ. Realizing every day, I can't do this. But actually I can do all things. I can get through all things, as Paul says, through him who gives me strength. A life of great faith is a life turning away from ourselves and turning towards Christ again and again and again. A life of great faith is letting go of all that we are trying to do and finding relief and rest in all that Christ is doing. Let us pray together. Our Father and our God, we are so very thankful and humbled again by Jesus Christ. Our God, we, we pray again for those that we know who, who have not fully understood who Christ is. Perhaps those who do not have faith at all. Perhaps those who thought once they had faith. God, will you please help them to see how much they need you? And for those of us who do have faith, help us to realise again and again how much we desperately need you. May we live lives depending on you. And may we find rest and peace in turning away from ourselves 
and looking again to Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.